And we're back with this week's PlayStation Blogcast. I'm Sid Schumann, your host. I've got Nick Sutner here from Developer Relations. I've got Justin Massingo from the social media team. No Ryan Clements today. Aw, uh, what? Ryan's not going to be here? I'm leaving. <laughs> he is... Power down. He is... Why are we even recording? He's uh, He had a very special meeting he had to go to. Um, I'm told it was not with HR, so that rules that out. Oh, but <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, won't be joining us, which is a bummer because he's a good dude. But we got a lot in store for you on today's show. We're obviously going to kick it off with next week's new releases for uh, North America. These are for October 29th, uh, 2013 here in North America. We're going to kick it off uh, with the, the PSN and the retail releases, all that good stuff. Actually, starting to get kind of nuts. Wait, what else have we got on the show, though? Well, there's plenty more. Getting ahead of yourself, Sydney. I wasn't going to kick off the list. I okay. was just explaining that it was a, a well-warded <laughs> uh, release week. Uh, next up, we're going to talk to the lead designer on Killzone Shadowfall. His name is Eric Bolchus. He has a, some great insight into some of just the goals and objectives and just some of the, frankly, a whole bunch of improvements and enhancements have made it into the game. This is obviously... Eagerly anticipated coming out launch day here in North America on November 15th alongside PS4. Wait, PlayStation 4? There is a fourth PlayStation. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, another one here. This is fun. This is an interesting chat. You know, obviously PlayStation Store publishes here every Tuesday. You know, we always rattle off the new releases. That's the first time I've ever heard you pronounce Tuesday correctly. Tuesday. Because oh, I say Tuesday? Uh-huh. Yeah, I like to say Tuesday. <laughs> I think it's a Pennsylvania <laughs> thing to some extent. But, it's a Sid uh, thing. Yeah, that too. Planet Sid. Um, so Planet you, you, you Sid. broke my groove. Nic- sorry, nicely sorry. done. So PlayStation Store obviously comes out every Tuesday here in North America. And, you know, over the years that we've worked here, of course, we've heard a lot of folks saying, you know, when does it hit and when exactly does it go live? And, you know, for a long time, the answer has been it changes a little bit from week to week. And uh, that said, we brought Grace Chen and Nick Kohlberg. These are two folks that are very intimately involved with the running of PlayStation Store here in North America. And they're actually going to kind of walk us through, like, you know, kind of a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, about what it's like to publish PlayStation Store, kind of the scale of what they're working on, and uh, kind of they begin to kind of narrow down that window of when that's I'll be curious to hear this interview because I wasn't around for it. Yeah, it was actually, it was kind of fun. Good interview. A little little different. What I'm most excited about this week is Justin's top ten games of the generation, which we'll, we'll save We'll Secrets. we'll do the end, but um, <laughs> seven years. And we also got a lot of uh, uh, listener letters and feedback about uh, your guys' top uh, five to ten games of the generation. So thanks for those and some PlayStation memories and such. Some some nice things to wind down the generation with and keep them coming. We only there was a, actually a ton this week in the in the mailbox. Um, so we chose a handful, but keep them coming and we'll spread them out across the next few weeks. You know, there are by the time this goes out, there will be less than three weeks until PS4 launches. That is gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> now you, I assume because you have That's quite a bit. harrowing. Yeah, harrowing, lots, yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> a lot, a lot of things coming together. Very, very frightening. Yeah, and also exciting. Yeah, uh, it's very exciting. Very very exciting. But let's get into those new releases. We got to keep it moving. We got a lot in today's show. Uh, I, was, I, think, I was going to ask you how your weekend was, but, um, but fine. It was a weird weekend. I played a lot of Spelunky. Did you? Yeah. Well, see, I always see you like on that says you're playing Spelunky, but at, you're one who leaves your system on like 24-7. So you just point, pauses the game and goes to work. So, no, yeah, well, you do. You well, do, so, do that every day. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't advise anyone do this, but um, I, I have a launch PS3, and it's, I mean, I, I there's times <laughs> I leave this on for weeks. You're just trying your best to kill it. I forget to turn it off. <laughs> um, Looking for an excuse to upgrade to one of the new ones. Yeah. No? No? No, I got anyway, that. Anyway, playing Splunky. I play, play a lot of Splunky. Having a good time. Having, having a grand old time. I saw The Matrix on this past Sunday in the theater. Lucky. Which was you know what I saw? Amazing. I saw Europa Report. 
Oh, I heard that's that's kind of fun. Huh? It's interesting. like a, it's a found footage kind of hard sci-fi movie about it? landing. It's, it's, theaters, it's right? on. Um, it's on demand or something. I, I think it was on Amazon. I think they okay. no. I, it might have been on um, uh, the PlayStation Store. You know, video content. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't there, it was Amazon. I always try both. But uh, rented it for like five bucks, and it was uh, if you like hard sci-fi or if you've you know, fantasized about visiting Europa and its icy, icy oceans and seeing if there's life forms underneath there, you will like this movie. All right. Well, I, I yeah, it. I wanted to see it. I missed it because it came out right at the same time as Elysium. They did a good but... job with it. It was another one of these found footage type of movies, but some of those can be quite good. Like, I was a huge fan of, uh, what's the uh, VHS? Yeah. Both of those are quite good. And, uh, you know, what the found footage genre, when done properly. Which could... ties back to the Matrix because I, 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 Blair... pref I prefer UHF. <laughs> <laughs> Blair Witch Project also came out in 99. Mm -hmm. I was tweeting about this, but 99 was an insane year for movies. It Did you is. see me talking I about this? That, yep. American Beauty, Fight Club, The Matrix. Everybody was trying to get their stuff no, out what? before that Y2K it's, bug wiped everyone You shut out. your mouth on American Beauty. It's it's a very good You have movie. no heart. It's a <laughs> I, my, when I, every very time good I, movie that won Best Picture. Every time I look at a plastic black bag blowing in the wind, it, it, it makes me... Iron weak. Giant, being John Malkovich. I've never seen uh, Iron Giant. But you finally watched it. No. I don't think I've seen any of the movies you guys have mentioned. Uh, <laughs> he was still in a crib, I think. <laughs> you haven't seen like being John Malkovich? I haven't. Holy Lord. I, th I remember seeing bits of it when it was on like HBO or something. You've seen there. The Matrix. Yeah, I've seen The Matrix. Okay. I saw that in theaters. Truly. When I was, have you like, not 14. seen American Beauty? No. Oh, man. Like, I'm going to start a little... Like, as you're writing your top ten, I'm going to be like, my top ten movies Justin needs to watch. <laughs> okay, anyways. Let's keep this thing going. We got new releases, PSN and Retail. For next week, this is North America. Of course, all this might change, so uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But this should be pretty accurate. Assassin's Creed Four. I oh. think for a lot of folks, that's uh, going to be that the big all, one. Is it time for that already? I I, I I'm in disbelief. Um, oh, wow. I'm it snuck right up on us. I'm shocked, but it's here. Are you going to play it? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh yeah. And pirate actually, time. I think uh, it, should, it should be called Assassin's Creed for pirate time. <laughs> pirate time. Black if flag. Were, yeah. Black flag is the is the name, but uh, it's coming out on PS3, PS4 version. I believe comes on fifth the fifteenth alongside PS4. But of course, if you want to, if you don't want to wait, you can pick it up now and do that ten dollar upgrade thing. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. Upgrade from PS3 to PS4, whether you buy it on Blu-ray or you uh, go the digital route on PlayStation Store. So that's good to know. 60 minutes of exclusive content with Aveline, who you might know from uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberations on PS Vita. And uh, that's Assassin's Creed 4. I'm looking forward to it. I really, really like the open world pirate sailing the high seas. So just stuff. like getting on a ship and then shooting it and everything uh, that moves. That's what I do. I've tried to describe it to people as like, you know, playing Grand Theft Auto, but with a pirate ship. And it's like, <laughs> it's actually kind of what it's like. I really enjoyed it, uh, what I played. Isn't there like some shark fighting? You, you can fight some the sharks, video? yeah. Okay. There's, there's sharks. You can fight sharks? I think so. I believe Cause so. Because you can swim around. And they, oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds fun. So that's Assassin's Creed 4. Another one coming to PS3 next week. This is a big one for folks. Is Battlefield 4. That's going to be on PS3 next week. Uh, you know, big scale uh, combat, you know, things like that. Shooter. Yeah. I got a chance to fool around with the PS4 version. Oh, yeah, you played ago. it. Mm -hmm. Gamescom, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Really good. Uh, I haven't played the PS3 version, but... Again, if you're looking to upgrade to the PS4 version of that when that comes out, alongside, uh, I think it comes out around PS4's launch, you can also pick up the PS3 version on launch day or thereafter and 
Upgrade it for 10 bucks to the PS4 version if you don't want to wait. Uh, there's a time limit. You have to do it by uh, before the end of March. You've got a blog post with all the there's details. A whole, there's a blog post. All the details are on PlayStation.com, US.PlayStation.com. It's, man, it's really that time of year. Isn't I know. It? I know. Nah, I had no idea that either of those came out next week. <laughs> Pretty wild, right? Uh, yeah. Another one here. This one's very interesting. Uh, Proteus. I'm very happy about this. This is coming to PS3 and Vita here in North America next week. It's a cross-buy title. This is like barely a game it's like interactive art kind of but it's really cool it is it's uh this um designer ed key who lives in the uk uh the the uh, you know he he created this very sort of audio visual exploration first person thing uh and david kanaga does the audio who did the audio for dyad ah, uh, oh, a very cool. cool psn game very sort of um I don't know if it's technically procedural. We've tried to define that word a few times on the show. And failed poorly. <laughs> um, but, the, but the audio changes depending on what you're doing, walking around this sort of weird island with sort of lightly interactive elements, and you can discover different things. And and is, there, is there any the sort of goal? The time to, of the day this? and the seasons pass. Yeah, you're sort of making progress as you've discovered different things. Um, and it's very it's worth pointing out that it's very lo-fi looking, although it's very lush and detailed. It's The the objects are like, they look almost like 8-bit. I mean, like, it's really beautiful. It's, it's sort gorgeous. Of like a, like a the, graphic, the graphics kind of remind me of like old Atari games actually almost but, yeah very uh, flat know, and, and also know. a bit Minecraft a bit more yeah. colorful though uh, yeah. it's really beautiful it's really just about spending time in the space um, I think especially playing on Vita with headphones will be awesome you can really get absorbed uh, and it's cool on Vita you can actually generate a level based on either where you are in your physical location uh, or based on the time of day which I think you can do on oh. another platform and on Vita it has some cool sort of AR type mode where you, where you can hold it and look like First person, this doesn't help on radio, I'm making hand gestures, but you can look around <laughs> with Nick your Vita around and that'll move the camera in the world because you play oh, it yeah, first person. Right. So it's it's really cool, a really unique game. I'm really happy this is on our platform and I think uh, really does uh, represent the one end of the indie spectrum of like this is something that may not have existed on our platform unless we were publishing it years ago. Yep. And now we're very welcoming to this, this sort of is thing. One... We've had it at a bunch of shows. I mean, at Indicator recently, I was like, I don't know if people will play Proteus at you know at an event, but it was it's a hit. There were people very, playing yeah, it the whole very, time. Very experimental. You need to see this game kind of an action and i think it'll immediately click with you it's 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 a very different kind of game it's 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 the opposite it, of the other games it, it, it is and about. it's it's <laughs> it's it's huge and very open world but and it's very lush and beautiful but it's with this very simple very play, very simple go play style. battlefield for a few hours and then <laughs> before you go to bed just flip on proteus in between for like 20 minutes yeah and that'll really like you know, bridge that, bridge that connection. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also coming to PS3 next week is Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Don't specifically know about that one, uh, but lots more to get to here. PS3 also getting Castlevania: Lords of Shadow: Mirror Fate HD. Cool. This was a handheld title a couple years ago. They're judging it up for uh, PS3, and uh, there'll be a demo if you want to check it out. It's a, it's a little bit more of a return to the quasi-classical side-scrolling style, but with the look. And feel and sort of universe. And kind of the combat, I think, of the of yeah, Lords of Shadow. Of, right? of Lords of Shadow, which is the one that uh, Konami and uh, Mercury Steam and uh, Kojima, Koji Pro, uh, they all kind of collaborated on that. So it's got oh, that look. look. You said it correctly this week. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Koji After you were on the phone with somebody and asked them, like, is it Kojima or Kojima? And, and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's Kojima. Yeah. It's funny because somebody years ago did that to me, too, and they said it was Kojima. But anyway. I digress. Some guy on the street says, told yeah. me. <laughs> so it's very trusting of randos. <laughs> uh, Vita is getting a game called Crazy Market. Mm -hmm. And I can't say I know a lot about it, but it sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. I can say that much about it. PSP is getting Best Brick Breakers Bundle. 
Some new PSP <laughs> games. I want to point this out, by the way. Two, well, not new no, games, they're not new. but they're bundles. bundles. Yeah. Uh, PSP. I feel like I haven't said PSP on the releases uh, lineup for a while. PSP, though, getting Best Brick Breakers Bundle and oh boy. the Puzzle Bundle, which includes Enigma and Jane's Hotel. Yeah. I hear Jane runs a hell of a hotel. <laughs> Um, just move along. Yeah, just I'll just move along now. Vita's getting OMD, OMG HD Zombies. A lot of tongue twisters this week. OMG HD Zombies. This is one I think that came out, I want to say, on PSP, was it a, a while mini, ago? Or it was a mini. Yeah, it was a mini, and it wasn't HD. It was just OMG Zombies. But now they've inserted the HD. And, Those zombies uh, are higher definition than ever. <laughs> that's right. And uh, Angry Birds Star Wars coming to PS3 and Vita. The saga continues. Experience the full saga. That's right. And uh, this one actually does not feature a cross-buy support, but you will get cross-buy on Proteus, which I think is absolutely worth pointing out. My pick of the week. How, how much is Proteus? I don't have that information readily available. Mm. But I, I do believe it's a good bit less than your, say, AAA Blu-ray title. <laughs> Thanks. That's uh, a safe bet. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being very cautious here. Let's keep this thing moving. We got, I got a hard out. And let me tell you why I got a hard out. And, 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 and in, a bi- in the biz, if you're wondering what hard out means, in the biz means I must in leave at this time. Yes, that's right. I'm just giving the, the listeners so, so try, a, an So try and keep your explanation of hard out. <laughs> right. Like I got less a hard out. Let me explain what that means. Because when I'm done we all have a hard out, actually. When I'm done explaining hard out, it'll be my hard out will have arrived. Hard out means you have to leave. So I have to leave uh, you know, reasonably soon. We can get through the show but I'm going to see Alien, Ridley Scott's 1979 masterpiece on the silver screen, a rare treat. I've seen Aliens. I saw that last year, and boy, that's something else. I haven't seen I that. I never saw Aliens <sighs> until it came out in theaters uh, maybe oh, wow. like eight years ago. That's how I saw it, Reservoir like, was, Dogs. You remember for the that? First it was time? re-released for like Halloween very widely, like mm. a remastering. I wish I had and known was, about that. Yeah, it was stunning and oh, super it's scary. phenomenal. So uh, Alien, haven't, I, I was one of my fa- I've seen the Alien films a hundred times each, or if not more. So I've never seen Alien, though, big screen. I'm, so. I'm, I'm very jealous that you're going. Uh, I'd love to join, but uh, Nick and I are actually going to see Streetlight Manifesto tonight. It's their final time tour and we got tickets yes yeah. final so, tour until so next year and <laughs> hold over of my ska days sort of the last great yeah really i think oh. for me the last great ska band uh uh yeah that's that's reasonable not, argument not, not real big fish and uh not mes- no. mephiscopheles uh i don't know look, you don't you, know look look you no, of course i know mephiscopheles Bumblebee tuna. Um, <laughs> Real Big Fish. Are, no, the Real Big Fish are my favorite band for like five years. Real Big um, Fish, are really? Great, but when yeah. I see them play, I kind of feel like they're just going through the motions. <laughs> right. Well, right. I, I saw them I think thirteen times at my height of ska fandom. Uh, their trum- their trombone player just left too. Uh, Dan. You sad. stay up with these guys? I do. Streetlight Manifesto are my favorite ska band. They're they're, they're, they're uh, one of my favorite shows to go see. And my, you know Mike Park? Because Mike Park, we're going to see Open too, and he's the founder of Asian Man Records. Oh, yes, and cool. he's also a performer, and he's great. So he's Sounds like fun. sort of the, one of the granddaddies of Scott too. I'll go Anyhow, break a hip anywho, on the we can stop talking that's, about ska. That's so. our ska segment for for this week. Uh, let's get to the show feedback. Of course, you can email us at blogcast at playstation.sony.com. This one's from Pete Mrozik. I think I said that right. Thanks, Pete, for sending in your letter. Listener since day one here, my game of the generation is The Last of Us course we've been talking a lot about you know games of the generation winding it down that's right so the the readers are piling on that with their 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 picks and they actually have some darn good picks i've noticed my my game of the generation is the last of us that's also mine up until june 14th uncharted 2 was my favorite game of this generation however uh somehow tilu as the kids call it the last of us tilu was better Amazing story, unique and beautiful world, and great characters. The gameplay was also beyond anything I've ever seen. 
with collecting supplies, limited ammo, incredible AI, and the amount of tension that no game has ever come close to creating for me. Every moment in the 15 and a half hours it took me to complete my first playthrough of The Last of Us was memorable. Since then, I've platinumed the game, and I can't wait for the single-player DLC. The multiplayer is also awesome, by the way. I, I concur with that as well. A quick tip for those who haven't played The Last of Us yet. Play it with listen mode turned off. It raises the tension even more and makes the experience even better. How about that? Yeah. Well, I thank you, sir. Uh, this one's from Ryan Merrick. Just a quick top five. Uh, Gravity Rush, Catherine, Metal Gear Solid 4, The Last of Us, and Dark Souls. Solid In descending list. order. That's that's an awesome list. An um, eclectic list. I'm going to do this next one, too, from uh, A.B. John, who says, Hey, guys, here's my top five in a particular order. The Last of Us, GTA 5, Uncharted 3, Infamous 2, and Assassin's Creed 2. The reason I have these games is... is uh, is because I still remember how in awe I was at the end of each of them. Unlike the show Lost, these games gave us an epic <laughs> journey with a pretty gigantic and epic ending. That's what I look for from any entertainment medium. You had to slip in that dig at Lost. Lost Naughty Dog love. I like the Lost. I like the Lost ending, personally. Uh, um, yeah, so on that yeah, note, well. you guys are awesome. Sid, I love your voice. You've got an epic radio voice. Honest. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Uh, and also, it was a fun note to Ryan. He says, I'm an Indian, so I kind of freaked out the first time I heard your significant other was an Indian, too. But Ryan's not here to yeah. appreciate oh. that. I I guess my vocal fry Cut it out, doesn't uh, doesn't bother him. I've been doing that around the office a lot. Well, it, it wasn't bothering me until you got it in your head that it was a thing, and now you walk around <laughs> doing it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Ever since somebody pointed it out, he won't cut it out. Uh, and a quick top five as well from Jody Cooper. Uh, the Last of Us, Assassin's Creed 2, which almost took number one for them. Oh. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, Journey, and Diablo 3, because it was way better than the PC version. Boy, nice. was it ever. That is a crazy good uh, port over to PS3. I can't wait to play that one on PS4. Oh my god. Oh my god, you dudes. I want to keep this thing moving. We could do this all day. Let's well, let's, we'll do it and then we'll come back. That's right. We're, let's get to this Killzone Shadowfall stuff because we had we had some hands-on time this week, Justin and I. I got some single play. Let me let me just actually riff on this for just a split second. Killzone uh, Shadowfall. A split second. Okay, you're done. That's right. <laughs> Killzone Shadowfall. Single player is very different than we've seen in these games in the past. And it's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, the, actually Eric himself, Eric Bolchus, who's the lead designer, he was telling me, you know, the other games have kind of been set in like a war zone. Killzone Shadowfall is different. You play as a shadow marshal. You're, you're sort of this uh, elite sort of behind-the-scenes operative. It's a little bit more spy. I mean, there's a lot of combat, but just the setting and the types of things that you do are, are just frankly more varied and, and to me at least more interesting. There's a lot, the world feels richer. You're not just kind of running from set piece to set piece. It's a sort of, you know, more along the lines of like kind of a half-life. There's like kind of a developing world. You're kind of going into all these different locations. So I was really impressed. The game looks great. It runs at native 1080p in single player and multiplayer. Uh, I believe it's uh, it was right around 60. Full HD? Full HD ran around 60 frames for me too. Uh, I know you got some hands on time, but yeah, it looks great. I, I wasn't counting the frames, but uh, it looks. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks. I mean, for especially for a launch title, you know, they're they're fighting the clock. A lot of these developers trying to get these things out right at launch. This game does not look. That's like one of those games where you're like, if it looks as good at launch, well, how's it going to be in like four years? Exactly. You know? So let's no do that, and then we'll do some more uh, listener thoughts about the generation. I love it. Let's listen in. We're here with Eric Bolchus. You're the lead designer on, Kill, on Killzone Shadowfall. Coming to PS4 November 15th here in North America. We got our first hands-on experience here with the single-player side of the game here at PlayStation's campus in uh, San Mateo. So 
couple things grab me right away. This is a different take on single player. The, the campaign has a different feel, a different pace. Tell me a little bit about some of your goals for Killzone Shadowfall from the campaign perspective. Right. So as soon as we started, we, we set pretty much one primary goal, and that's to add more player choice. Uh, we really wanted to create a more deeper experience where, where, where players get to choose more how they tackle specific situations and how they complete specific objectives. Um, and to do that, we needed to look at the entire game. We needed to kind of take a step back and kind of go, you know, what's the setting we need? What's the story we need? What's the character we need? And we, 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 we tried to do something fresh in all different areas there. So uh, starting with the setting, for example, I mean, uh, previously, previous kill zones were always like in an all-out war. Right, uh, it was a, you were always like a small, small cog in a large war machine. This time around, we wanted to set it uh, up so that you are more proactive. You are the person that takes the initiative and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and to do that, we 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 set the game in a cold war. Right, so it's it's the Helgast and and, and uh, the the VSA they're living together. Uh, there's a peace, but it's not really a peace. And you're a shadow marshal, and uh, a shadow marshal is like the most elite soldier that the VSA, the the good guys, the Vectin security agency have at their disposal. Um, and you do deniable ops behind enemy lines. You you basically make sure that this cold war doesn't go hot. Um, so as a shadow marshal, you get all kinds of new abilities as well. So we not only looked at the setting, we looked at the character, we looked at what you can do as a player, and we really wanted to add more more choice. And, and to do that, we've added uh, what we call uh, like a, an owl. Uh, it's like a nickname we gave to this hovering drone buddy that you have in the game. Uh, and you can give all kinds of commands through the owl, and basically you can fly it out to, 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 to let him defend an area, to attack enemies, to stun them, all kinds of stuff. And it's this kind of choice that we really wanted to push through. Yeah, it's interesting. And even just the, the pacing of the game, the pacing of the campaign, I felt like I had a lot more options. I mean, stealth is a legitimately, you know, uh, legitimate strategy now. Whereas in the other kill zones, I mean, there were there were moments of that, but this you, you could be a very stealthy player in this game and do quite well. Right. And like you said, the owl, there's a lot of different ways to sort of leverage how you use that, whether it's shields, whether it's kind of sticking them on enemies, which I was doing a lot, hacking computers. I mean, so there's a lot going on here. And one of the things I thought was interesting, you guys actually make pretty good use of uh, DualShock Force touchpad. Right. And, and assigning these controls. So just kind of walk through a little bit, just top level, how that works. Right. Well, um, so when they, first, they first told me that I was going to get uh, a touchpad in the new controller, I was kind of skeptic. Uh, but what we found was controlling the owl through the touchpad is actually a really, really good experience. I mean, um, so what, what we've done is that the touchpad controls which mode the owl is in. So if you swipe up, if you swipe down, it selects different modes. Swiping up is attack, swiping down is shield. Um, and because it's the touchpad and it's so close to your thumbs, during combat you can actually very easily switch to it, do a swipe and go back. And that's paramount to our experience because we don't want you to have to choose an ability and then go into combat. We want you to be able to switch tactics, switch, switch abilities while you're fighting. And, and the touchpad enables just that. Some other things that jumped to mind too was uh, you know early in the demo. First of all, you get to you get to actually play the the big epic moment that everyone watched in real time at the February twentieth PS four announcement. So dangling from the helicopter, dramatically shooting guys inside. That was that was a blast. It looked great. Cool. But one of the things I noticed too is just a lot of little touches that I've never seen in a Killzone title. And frankly, I don't see in a lot of single player shooters in general. Being able to shoot through walls was a big part and early right. in the game, and it was it it just brought a very sort of malleable feel to things. You really uh, were able to control where you go, when you go there, flanking enemies. Just just tell me about some of those little details that you're proud of in the game. 
Um, well, again, it, it comes back to giving the player different options, right? So and we really want to create a lot of variety. So the, you've seen some of it today, but every level in, in Shadowfall is, is quite different than the, than the previous one you just played. And it's that kind of like variety that I'm really proud of. It's You start in a specific uh, a specific world and throughout your entire journey, you, you visit different locations, different settings, diff even different planets. And every time you go somewhere else, it opens up new gameplay possibilities as well. You have the same core features, the owl, tactical echo, those kind of abilities are always present, but how you use them, depending on which situation you're in, is very different. And what I find really interesting is that we've played a lot with different uh, settings, like in the, uh, graphically as well, like really vibrant worlds this time around, and it changes how people play. It changes... It, being able to see an enemy further away changes how you tackle and how you try and kill him, essentially. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as a game designer, it's really interesting to play with all those different ingredients and, and, and you know, set up different kinds of encounters that way. So I'm really proud of that bit. I really like the dynamic, too, between the VSA and, and the Hellgast. Uh, we, and it's, it, the stakes are a little different now. This is set in the future compared to Killzone 3. Uh, Helgen kind of wrecked by the events of Killzone 3. And so essentially they're refugees who have landed here on this planet it, it, it's not so black and white anymore, and I think that's something that, that, that I, I've been kind of waiting to see this series do, where it's this, there's a little bit of a murky gray to, to the protagonist. I mean, even some of the guys I'm dealing with, I'm on the good guys, as you mentioned earlier, I'm not feeling they're necessarily always so good. Right. Well, that, that's the interesting kind of the, the backstory, right? So, so we wanted to play with that. Like, who is the good guy? Who is the bad guy? In any war, you know, innocents get hurt. Uh, people that don't have anything to do with the conflict get hurt. And we wanted to show more of that side of the conflict. You know, we always had the Hellgast, you know, with scary red eyes. You shoot them, they're the bad guys, they, you know. But are they really? I mean, like, how bad How bad are the VSA for blowing up their entire planet, you know? so. Um, and even the reason that they are Hellgast is because they were sort of banished originally, right? Exactly, exactly. It's uh, it, There's a lot of history there and a lot of cool things to explore in that universe that we wanted to go much deeper in this time around. And the Cold War setting combined with the new hero character, the Shadow Marshal, just allows us to really show the other sides of both sides of the story, essentially. And I, I, there's a moment in, in what we played here in the single-player campaign, and if you if you want to avoid spoilers, I'd skip this part, but you're sort of um, you're sort of put in deep undercover mode. You're sent as a, a sort of a refugee. Uh, and that's a, that was just a very different... I've never seen Killzone kind of do that before. Mm -hmm. That was that was cool. It was uh, it was very seedy. It's very tense. You're, they're scanning each uh, each of these refugees in front of you online. I mean, talk about what it was like to put little moments like that in the game. Well, it's, it, it's, it's experimenting with, with showing the world, right? So showing how these people lived. I mean, we try to do that in different levels as well, like showing... Uh, encounters with civilians, with with not people that even that you, you're fighting against, just seeing people react to to the war, to what's going on around them, and it's these kind of like story elements that we wanted to play with. And the specific encounter you talk about, we really wanted to create like a. a uh, a feeling of you know what is it like to be banished? What what is it like to lose your home and 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 be sent somewhere else? And it's 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 something different. You're right. It's something different. We ha we haven't done that before. But I think it just enriches the the, the 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 experience to a large extent. For sure. And I mean, I think you know I'm not a game designer, but I think when when you look at shooter single player campaigns, I think it's got to be challenging to to not just have it be sort of numbing, right? And I like I, that's why I like these little interludes where you sort of do something a little different. You sort of take 
take a break, you look around, you're using different senses, you know, it gives you mm-hmm. a second for the adrenaline to sort of desaturate out of your blood. And then you're, next thing you know, you, 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 you just feel like you're more immersed in the world. And I thought that was a really cool touch. So cool. that was yeah, my cool. favorite moment, I think, in the demo. Oh, that's great. You know, there should be lots more of those kind of moments throughout the game. I'm really looking forward to see how people react to them and how they, how they, how they feel when they play it. Cool. I'm going to touch base on it quickly as well on multiplayer. And, and, and this is something we've talked about before. Uh, Justin, you and I, we got a chance to go hands on with this at Gamescom a couple months ago. Actually, I haven't even referred to you yet, but hi, uh, hi Justin. <laughs> Justin and I got a chance to go hands on with this at Gamescom, and I was really impressed. Um, the game just feels more fluid. It feels like there's more options. You're unlocking all the weapons and skills from day one. It's not this sort of experience grind sort of thing, which can be fun in its own way, but we've been doing this for years at this point. So tell me about like what your objectives were from the multiplayer side. Right, so we, we really want to make sure that people can, can, can play how they want to play from day one. Whether you, whether you buy it as soon as, you know, on the launch date or whether you buy it like a year later, we want to make sure that anybody who joins the game doesn't feel like they're behind. They're, you know, I came late to the party, lots of people are rank 80, you know, I don't have the sniper rifle, that's really cool. We wanted to prevent that. But we do want longevity, right? And the way we want to do that is by saying, okay, so everything's unlocked. You can pick how you play, how you want to play from the start. But getting good at a game takes time regardless, right? Learning how to use your abilities, when to use them, how to use your weapons and all that kind of stuff, that's what we wanted to promote. So that's why we introduced uh, our progression system, our new progression system, uh, which is based on challenges rather than experience points. Uh, so this uh, tied to you know, picking your play style. You know, p- personally, I like playing sport. I like, I like helping my friends, reviving them, and all that kind of stuff. There's challenges attached to that. So I'm playing a specific playstyle. I want to get better at it, and the game rewards me for, for and allows me to show off that I'm good at it. And that's the kind of longevity you want. Not well, that we want. Not the kind of longevity where we say, hey, uh, in order to play how you want, you need to play a thousand hours of other stuff first. It just feels... Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel right at that point. So, so the challenges in, in uh, the support case that you were talking about, you're, you're, you're talking like revive this many teammates or uh, for a different type of class, maybe get 10 headshots or something like that. Right, right. But also deeper than that. Like, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got challenges that are quite more extreme. It's uh, like shoot a guy that's returning the flag, but right before he returns it, <laughs> have a headshot. You know, oh, wow. it's 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 skill based. It's like it's it's fun little challenges, but it takes skill to kind of complete them. And we tried to set it up in such a way that's fifteen hundred of them, more than fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred challenges in multiplayer. Fifteen hundred challenges, yeah. And some of them are, are are basic, right? Make X kills with X weapon. But uh, we made it in such a way that to get everything unlocked, you need to play all different play styles. You need to play uh, a very high skill based kind of challenges, which is. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out with people. Yeah. Uh... So, uh, so DualShock Four is obviously a boon for first-person shooting uh, fans. Uh, as a developer making a launch first-person shooter for PlayStation Four, I know that you know the dead zones have been tweaked on the analog sticks. You've got those uh, those new triggers that frankly feel incredible. That I believe are the default mapping for uh, aiming and firing now, rather than L one and L one. Correct. L one and R one, like on PS three. What's it been like? Have you guys had to go in and kind of rejigger the, uh, the the different settings in the game to make up for that uh, that different dead zone settings on the on the sticks and things like that? Well, what, what was really interesting is that it was kind of the other way around. Like Sony approached us and kind of said, "Hey, you know, if you were developing a controller, uh, what would you change?" 
and we, you know, we, us as guerrilla making first-person shooters, we went, well, we want better triggers. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, like previously the triggers were inward, now they're outward. That's actually part of guerrillas. We said uh, triggers that way. Awesome. Same, right. same with the dead sons. We said like, you know, we need, to, we need, we need to control the dead sons better. We need more uh, control over that. Yeah. Even all the way to like when you grip the controller, you'll notice as well that your fingers go straight towards the triggers more yeah. than you did before. That's also stuff that we that we had. I hadn't even I, noticed that. I, I wouldn't say like it was our design, but I, I would, we had a lot of influence on that, and it was really cool working together with Sony, kind of going, "Hey, we want to create a better controller for all games," and 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 them listening to us and us listening to them. So it was kind of you know that's, a cooperative effort. And that's awesome, and it makes the game a lot better as well. That's yeah. why I'm so happy about it. It's it's it is just it's it's hard to overstate how much improvement DualShock Four is, and I yeah. love DualShock Three. It's I'm a huge fan of that controller, but DualShock Four is on another level, right? I mean, just to feel the analog sticks, playing it in there again, it it. it in, in the new Killzone Shadowfall, it just it's it's a smoother, more fluid game as well. So it, it's 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 hard to explain. It feels like Killzone, but it feels like a, a new new breed of Killzone. Now I love the triggers, but over the past generation, I'm sure a lot of people have gotten used to L1 and R1. Is that an option that they can toggle if yes. they want to use those buttons? Yes. Okay. Um, like when we ship, there won't be a lot of controller options because we. <laughs> It sounds a bit arrogant, maybe, but we really felt we kind of nailed like the control scheme in a, in a lot of ways. But yeah, you can switch those. You can switch uh, switch uh, invert the Y axis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we're going to listen to the community a little bit as well, like saying, "Hey, we want specific abilities on different buttons." We're going to release. We could release more uh, control schemes later on, listening to what people want. Cool. Yeah, and you guys have really uh, stepped up in terms of just long term support of the game on the multiplayer front for sure. I mean, you're gonna all map packs will be free, so competitive map packs are gonna be free for anyone. It's not you know you're not gonna nickel and dime people there. Um, but I mean, talk a little bit about you, you were mentioning in the discussion in here that you guys are gonna support this. You're gonna you're very open. You want to hear what the community thinks. And I mean, where can people go to sort of leave their feedback on the game? Right. So the primary platform for that is gonna be Killzone.com. Right, so our own website, uh, it will have forums and other kind of means where you can voice your opinion. And we have a whole dedicated team that's going to, like for a year and a half at least, kind of listen to the community and just plan more content. And, you know, it's, it, it's kind of scary and, and cool at the same time because, you know, if you ask a million people what they want, you usually get a million different opinions. <laughs> uh, but we're going to see how that pans out and kind of uh, really talk to people and really try and understand not not what they're asking, but like what the 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 question behind it is, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of try and solve that. And especially in terms of maps and stuff, it's really cool to be able to uh, to talk to the community and kind of see, hey, you know, these maps are more popular. This is what they're asking. Let's give them more of that kind of direction, and then see, you know, see if, if we, how we can make the game even better uh, as we go along. Outstanding. Well, uh, Killzone Shadowfall coming out on PS4 is a launch title here in North America, November 15th. I'm going to be picking up my copy, no question. Uh, hey, thanks a lot. We thanks appreciate you. you coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was really cool. Interview over. It is. It is. That's how I'm going to start ending all interviews. <laughs> okay. Um, some more thoughts from our listeners. That yeah. sure was an interview, all right. Why don't you take Danny B here? Yeah. Uh, hey, dudes, my PlayStation memory. Um, I was a senior in high school, and a friend from work invited me over to his home. 
Once inside, I noticed the original PlayStation sitting on the carpet. The carpet. Since in all its glorious gray, uh, sitting in all its glorious gray, I then asked what games he had. He popped in the original Need for Speed, and I was instantly a born-again gamer. That was a serious game on PS1. It Another was. one, Road Rash. Oh, that yeah. made many a convert, yes. Uh, I'd given up on games shortly after the SNES, but when I saw the real the realization of mature and realistic games such as Metal Gear Solid and Legacy of Kane Blood Omen, there was no turning back. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Video games need a new name because game just doesn't do it justice. They truly are an experience that is unparalleled in sights and sound. It is the next generation of storytelling. Time and time again, I'll watch a film and come away disappointed, but more often than not, I'll play a game and be totally blown away. This medium, it seems, is only in its infancy or close to it. Sony and PlayStation were responsible for bringing uh, games from just plain fun to beautiful, compelling, and just downright fresh. Thanks, oh. PlayStation, for making video games cool again. Well, I had cool. nothing to do with any of that praise, but you're welcome, Danny B. I'll say that uh, on behalf of the company. Sid embodies PlayStation. That's, that's, that's <laughs> correct. My, my body, Sid is PlayStation. My, body, my body is ready. Um, it's actually it's an interesting point. I remember uh, Soul That's Reaver. That's from another platform, by the way. Soul Reaver. <laughs> my Soul Reaver. Uh, Soul Reaver was a big one for me. I remember playing, and that was obviously written by Annie Henning, uh, Crystal Dynamics, Crystal D, all those guys. Great game. That was one for me where I remember following that and just being kind of like, yeah. I mean, I, he's got a good point here, this game thing. Is that really, does it even do it justice? I've, I've talked to people about that yeah. before, but what else would you call them? I know. Movies. I know. Movies. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, play, play ease. Play, <laughs> plays. Well, that's the thing. You are playing them. You're well. I guess yeah. that's you're, you're the controlling word. them. Video, yeah. video plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And it's it's funny too. I think I also like the point he he calls out here about the medium is kind of in its infancy, and that's a great talking. That's a great discussion point here because I think no less than Warren Spector himself. You know, one of the originals, one of the greats. Deus Ex, System Shock, on and on and on. Um, he actually, I had a conversation with him about this once, and he said that we were definitely in the talkies era, if you want to compare it to film. Like, mm, talkies yeah. meaning they just finally started to get actual dialogue in How, there. Are, are we in color yet? No. Oh, black, okay. black and white okay. talkies. Yeah, so it, a lot of guys, and this guy knows his stuff, and he studied, you know, he studied, like, cartoons and comics and stuff. Has, in has, has Citizen Kane come out yet? Has the Citizen Games of, of <laughs> uh, Citizen Kane of Games come out? No. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't no, think no, it, I, I don't, yeah, the it's, question it's isn't an important. Why would you apply? It's some, not a direct analogy. No, why would you apply a crusty old film that everyone's so hung up about to like all the exciting <laughs> stuff that's that's going on in games? I, I get the citizen Sid is not welcome on future podcasts. That's, that's by the right, way, that's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, we're going to get an angry email <laughs> from, from, from Wells, whoever has from that Orson cover. Welles Corp. There's also no way that's it. I've seen Citizen Kane. I have not. Uh, <laughs> the next one's from Ron Calderon. He says, "Hey guys, first off, great blogcast as usual." I started thinking about all the great PlayStation memories I've had, and I had a really tough time deciding on which stood out the most. I settled on my first playthrough of Metal Gear Solid. I remember being completely blown away by the whole experience and just being 100% invested in the story and all of the characters. Is he talking about Metal Gear Solid 1? Yes. yes. That's not well, this generation. Metal yes. Gear Solid. No, Metal Gear Solid, not Metal Gear Solid 1. He's saying PlayStation memories. You're talking he's about not, Metal oh, Gear oh, okay, He's not okay. saying game of the generation. We, we, we got a little bit of... We got yeah. dual. We're, we're going back and forth. Yeah, we, okay. got, we got a little bit of everything here on today's show. I just want to point that out. I remember being completely blown away by the whole experience and being 100% invested in the story and all the characters. The boss fights in that game still stick out as a gaming highlight for me to this day. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. For my top five of the generation. See, Justin? We'll, we'll we get go. there. We'll there get go. there. Just, just hold your horses. I'm going with Nino Cooney. Love the story huh. and the art style. Plus, it had drippy. <laughs> Fallout Three. That's good taste. I'll never forget leaving the vault for the first time. I will say, Drippy is one of the best gaming characters of this generation. I'm told he has a Welsh accent. He does. Okay. 
Like Catherine Zeta-Jones. A Welshman told me that. (laughs) Infamous 2, moving on with his list here, did an amazing job of making you feel really, really powerful. Plus, Sucker Punch did a great job of polishing the overall experience compared to the original. Skyrim, all I have to say is that I still play it. Wow. And last, ha, but not least, The Last of Us, hats off to Naughty Dog. Love the show. Keep up the great work. And Nick, I'm sorry for thinking that yourself, Sid, Ryan, and Arama had done an episode together before. It was very, very difficult to concentrate <laughs> with all the hilarious citizens. So well, Hilarious is one word for them. That's right. Yeah. Uh, some more quick hit top Bra- five brain, brain scrambling is another. Right. Uh, one from Micah Kendall, a top five of the generation in descending order. Little Big Planet, Bioshock Infinite, Nino Kuni, The Last of Us, and Fallout 3. I'm sensing a pattern with this Last of Us. I'm seeing this in virtually everybody's list. That's pretty good. Not this next one. Uh, from Thomas oh. Huang, Hung, Hung, H-O-A-N-G. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not, not great. Uh, Yakuza 4, Uncharted Drake's Fortune, L.A. Noir, Beyond Two Souls, and number one, Heavenly Sword. I, I wow, did. that's a controversial that's list. That's a bold yeah, choice. That's a, that's a great list. L.A. Noir, I was quite infatuated with. Heavenly Sword was my first PS3 game. That's First great, one great game. Get, had yep. the great Andy Circus playing the uh, the villain. I actually that never played that game. one. It was good. Yeah. I, I haven't played it since you know PS3 came out, so I don't know if it holds up. I remember, everyone I remember was, loving it. Everyone was calling that Goddess of War at the time. Well, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Sid, but you're not a big uh, character action melee focused gamer, right? You're more of the shooter. No, well, no, I like me. I do like me those games. I loved me some DMC and, and some God of War. Oh, oh I thought okay. I, I finished DMC. Oh, okay. uh, God of War. I was a big favorite of mine. Um, right. Now I, I could be wrong. I, at a certain point, I kind of stick to the cream of the crop. I think in that field. Not that Heavenly Sword is not. I just I think it was just at a according weird time. to this particular reader. It, it is. It, it is rose literally to the, the cream of the crop. <laughs> literally rose to the top. I never understood that saying. By the way, there's no cream in the crop. It's just corn and stuff. Well, cre- no, I think you're mixing metaphors. Cream, cream rises at the top. Oh, cream of the crop. Yeah. Well, it's just the best corn. No, but just, I well, think I don't know, but it doesn't have to be corn. Cre- I guess cream, separating cream the corn. <laughs> maybe the crop is milk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what are you guys playing and or thinking about? I finished Beyond. Did you finish Beyond, Justin? Not yet. <sighs> okay, well, let's have our spoiler cast for next Ryan week. is getting close. He, he texted okay, me just now to tell me. Because I do want to talk about the ending, but we'll wait till we've all finished I it. I believe we're going let, let's, let's, to... <laughs> let's earmark this for next week. Okay. Because I think Ryan's going to be done. But yeah, he, I finished we'll, it. We'll he, talk about Brothers next week, He too. wants to join. Oh, wait, no, no, we're about Brothers this now. This week. I want to talk about this. Oh, you're oh, going ha- to have to wait until I leave because I haven't finished it. No, no, it. we're not going to spoil Brothers. We're just gonna, you, you actually want to talk about it at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about Brothers at the end. You guys just spoil it at the end. I'm I'm into it, but I haven't finished it. Okay. I told you that you needed to finish it. <laughs> okay, well, I've got plenty of other <laughs> things to do right now. <laughs> Finish Beyond, really interesting. Had a good time. Glad we'll, I played it. We'll, we'll delve in we'll next talk week. Next week. Yes, um, yes. That's all I really did. I, yeah, at the PlayStation headquarters here, uh-huh. played a little, well, looked at a little bit of uh, the pinball arcade on oh, PS4. Yeah. We've got these fancy kiosks in our, uh, yeah. in our lobby now. It's, it's, it's happening. It's really happening. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you can actually play the pinball arcade so, on uh, the demo. This is a first If for you me. can find one of those kiosks, by the way, in your uh, local, I think they're you Sony know, Best stores Buy and, and Best Buy, yep. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play Octodad on there, too. What? Contrast. I think Knack is playable, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I like A ton of trailers, too. As far as trailers, there's, like, beautiful Transistor. and That Transistor trailer. Oh, oh, and yes. Yeah. I try, when I go to the lobby now, I try to like le- start a plane yeah. and walk away. <laughs> I'm sure the security desk loves me. You, you remember, if you're a long-time listener, you know there was a period of like three months where all we talked about was pinball. And it would just be like, oh, my, here's my score this week in the pinball arcade. So the pinball arcade, I'm a huge fan of it. We saw the PS4 version. I have not laid eyes on this yet. This thing 
looks now, oh, okay, stunning. Hold on, hold on. Sid hyperbole activate. No, 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 no. You can't. You it, literally, it does look really good. You literally cannot overhype this. I'm just kidding. You, you could. <laughs> if you're not into pinball, you won't care. If you're into pinball, when you see this, your eyes will literally pop out so of your on, skull. So, I mean, if you are if you play a lot of the pinball arcade on PS3 oh, and you look at this version on PS4, wait you, you will this. notice the difference. Oh, you will see it instantly. So, just a couple quick highlights here. They have a great lighting model going on. I don't know what it is, but all those little LEDs and all the little lights are just like they're just casting this wonderful glow everywhere. And the, well, the thing for me is the reflection yes. on the ball as it's rolling around. It, it is it, crazy. It looks like a mirror. It is like perfectly accurate rolling yeah, it's, around. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know how they did it. 60 frames. It, it's clearly 1080p. I don't have confirmation, but just looking at how crisp <laughs> it looks, it's got to be 1080p. Sid Schumann is officially confirming. I, it, it is a gorgeous looking game. So he counted you, the lines. Yeah, if you if you like pinball or you liked it on PS3, just wait till you see this PS4 version. It looks like a new game but it's got all the great stuff that you love from the PS3 game. So there you go. That's Justin, you play anything? Really uh, yeah, I actually played The Wolf Among Us. Oh. And Hot Damn. Can yeah. I say damn? Can I say yeah, Hot Damn? Okay, so we'll, we'll I'm going to edit it out uh, so people don't know what you said. <laughs> like Hot Beep. What, what, what could that have been? So uh, I enjoyed The Walking Dead when it came out last year. I know Sid called it his game of the year. He was head over here. Uh, not just me. Legions uh, of lots, game lot, Lots of people did. I enjoyed it. Uh, I wasn't as sold on it as everyone else was. I, it was a great game. But I think, man, you know, I think you were a victim of getting after hyped up. That, 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 that might have been part of it. That's after why you got to play these games faster. Got Josh. Let me let me talk, Sid. Uh, so the Wolf Among Us, uh, I'm 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 in. Like put put me uh, put me down for this one because I played one episode of it. They, that's all that they've got so far, and it, they they just nail it. I feel like with Walking Dead, they were still kind of finding their footing with some of some of this uh, some of these gameplay mechanics, but uh, the Wolf Among Us is just uh, it's it's on. Uh, very cool uh, noir aesthetic and atmosphere. The music is fantastic. The characters are very cool. Uh, I haven't read Fables. I know Sid has read oh, the Oh, it's first. good. You should read it. Sid's oh, a, I got to uh, bring it in for you. Sid's a little ways into it, and he, he's liking it. But uh, as someone who has not read any of Fables, I am uh, yearning for more of <laughs> The Wolf Among Us. He yearns. Uh, uh, Bigby Wolf is such a cool character. Yeah. And, and, the, and all the other characters, they're, they're super, super rad. Um, is Snow White in there, too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i loving it. I can't wait for more. Sweet. I will play this game. And the first episode's only pr probably took me uh, two and a half hours or so, mm -hmm. so uh, get in there, check it out. It's not a huge commitment. I mean, if you decide you don't like it, which I find unlikely, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty short-time commitment. There you go. I'm also just playing Splunky, as always. Me, I got, I got to Yama again, the boss of hell. Oh, and I got their, really? I got their co-op, uh, which wow. was harrowing. And then I ran out of ways to attack him. Uh, like, I, <laughs> I blew up his hands, and his head is left, and I stuck him with the bomb. But I guess you need more than one, at least. I had a rock, and I, like, <laughs> hit, I, like hurled it at him, hit him a couple times, and then I just literally ran out of like any way to damage him and eventually just died. Him. <laughs> I tried and then I yeah so how I, disappointing was that well, that yeah. feeling of hopelessness yeah yeah I, I have a major breakthrough to announce in Spelunky you got to the I got ice to, world I got to level 3 starting from the beginning ah, alright yeah world, I was really three. proud of that you're getting there I am I'm creeping I mean it took me a month or two to even get to the second level in that game <laughs> it was brutal second world second world sorry yeah. so I got to the third world I got to the ice thing and then and then a mammoth uh sneezed on me or something yeah. so <laughs> i uh, i made it to the end of the ice caves 
during a hell run. I actually was uh, doing everything I needed needed to do. I got to the end of level 3-4, uh, and then I was about to go on into the exit and move on to the temple, and I screwed up, and a Yeti threw me off the, oh. off the edge, and I So died. the thing about Yetis, which I always forget, is you can't whip them. If you try to whip them, it'll just turn around and punch you, and they'll bludgeon you into the <laughs> I, I, I think that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. You can't whip them. I always forget. I've and as soon as I did it, I was like, no! Just punching yeah. myself in the face. So the trick with Splunky, I've learned, and, and Nick, you probably told me this a hundred times, and I just didn't listen. But the idea is just get to the exit. Like, don't worry about like I mean, unless you're really good, just get to the exit. Like, get get a couple gems. If you see the damsel, if you see this or that, if grab you want it. To get as far as possible, that definitely helps. But you'll get yeah. to the point too where then you realize you're not gonna have great runs until you start getting exactly but that, that'll keep you moving see well, when i first started playing it i played it like a completionist and i'm like oh i see a gem over there and then i would die you know yep. you, you just got to yeah. stay focused on get to the exit uh another one nick said spelunky is a game of risk assessment yes and it's he was right the, the answer is basically take as little risk as humanly possible right. um i want to talk to grace chen yeah i want to talk to nick kohlberg these guys run playstation store and you have i have it's good good it's, it's, <laughs> it's a fortunate uh little coincidence there but it's it's interesting just, you know, with just the history of PlayStation Store, it's, you know, it's moving along and we're coming up on the PS4. So we thought it was just a great time to check in and uh, let's 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 get like a peek behind the curtain at what it's like to run that thing. Okay, we've got a special treat for you today. It's Grace Chen time. Welcome back, Grace Chen, Senior Director of PlayStation Store. Great to have you back on PlayStation Blogcast. Great to be here. Thank you. All right. And we've got a friend of yours. This is uh, Nick Kohlberg. <laughs> We're good friends. Really. Very good <laughs> friends. You're a senior manager of digital operations. Uh, the shorthand version of that is you run the PlayStation Store here. Um, yeah, I, I run the um, the operations team and the QA team that manages all the content that reaches the PlayStation storefronts. And we have many storefronts, many different consoles, Vita, PSP, uh, PS3, soon to be PS4. We have a web store. We have a mobile store. This is a big operation here. I mean, there's lots of ways for you guys to get your games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and we're going to get into all that. But one of the things I think PlayStation Store is such an interesting thing. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of a little bit of an arcane process, I think, to people on the outside. Like, you know, it's it's, it's highly technical. It's a big publish. It's something everyone looks forward to every Tuesday. And, you know, we've tried to, or this is certainly a great chance, I think, to demystify a little bit of that, peel back some of these layers and see kind of the, the nuts and bolts, like how this thing works, right. PlayStation Store. And, right. You know, it's definitely something we hear about every week. Justin, I'm sure you can attest that. I'm sure you guys hear this too. It's like, where's the store update? Where's it yeah. at? Where's it yeah. at? And I think, well, first things first, you set me straight on this a couple of weeks ago. This thing's actually coming out pretty consistently now every Tuesday. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, since since April, well, first of all, you know, we read the blog and the comments regularly, and we, we know that, you know, we've gotten kind of a bad rap for <laughs> for you know kind of being all over the place with the publish so that's something that we you know my team has really worked hard on you know we we don't want people to log into the store and have to wait around all day you know we spend a lot of time working on the store we want it to be as great as it can possibly be so uh since april we've had about 30 publishes and we've been trying to hit a, a time frame between noon and three and we've hit that for the most part um i think there were six times where you know, for various reasons, we had to publish after 3 p.m. Um, and there was also one Monday publish in there, mm. which we're not counting because uh, <laughs> I don't, ca- that, I don't count that one. We yeah. did hit that one, but um, 
there was an all day PSN maintenance on Tuesday, so we had to publish Monday night. But right, which I think is a probably a, a, the most elegant solution out of that. But right. that, know, that, that counts as an early publish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, a lot of the us here in the room have been with PlayStation for a while, and I can remember back in the in the in the good old days, if you will. There were times when the store publish definitely came out later. It was yeah. you know maybe it was five p.m. or six p.m. in a few isolated cases. But you know, it's it's you know. You were telling me the other day, you guys are actually getting into that, you know, sort of two to three o'clock Pacific time time yeah. frame, and and you guys are feeling pretty good about hitting that consistently, right? Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been working hard on um, trying to get this the store published within a, a certain time frame, and noon to three is what we were hitting for a while, but we we want to shorten that down, so we're aiming for two to three now, and uh, we think we're finally in a place where we can do that. That's great, and and you know you were sort of talking about this. We were we were chatting about some store related issues the other day, and and you pointed out, you know, yeah, we've been hitting this for the most part. And I started looking back over my emails and look, and I was like, actually, yeah, they have, and, I, and it just seemed like a great opportunity to kind of just dig a little bit deeper into what this PlayStation Store is all about. You know, yeah. like this is a big thing. I mean, this is a huge operation. I mean, you were saying, you know, PSP and Vita and PS3, right. soon to be PS4. There's a lot that goes on. So just kind of walk us through exactly what is involved for you since you're so intimately involved with this store published. Right. You know, what, 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 what all does that entail? So we, you know, in addition to, to all the consoles that console storefronts that we manage, uh, we manage those across six countries as well. So there, there's a lot that goes into that. And, um, you know, I, I guess the best way to describe it is, you know, there's dozens of publishers, there's hundreds of pieces of content, and all of that kind of converges on my group. And so we get all this stuff in uh, and, you don't have to compile it and wrap it in a nice, neat package and publish it at a, a certain time for everybody. And, uh, you know, we like I said, we read the blog comments and we know how frustrating it is to wait around for the store published. But... You know, I wish it was as easy as just working harder or throwing more people at it. We have some, you know, really complicated problems that, that we need to solve in order to do that. And, uh, you know, like I said, we, we've worked really, really hard on that. But, you know, there's a lot of different publishers with their own deadlines and timelines and schedules and, you know, submitting things to us. And there's a... Uh, well, and this stuff changes right up until the last minute, too. Yeah, it, it, it changes, like... Yeah, literally right up until we publish. You know, we'll we'll have things ready to go, and then we'll find out that a price has changed in Mexico, and that'll just kind of throw a wrench in everything. Mm -hmm. But and this stuff happens all the time. Um, you know, most of the time you you don't see it, uh, but um, it's a fluid situation you're working yeah, with. You're working yeah. with a, a lot of uh, you know things are changing. I mean, you guys have come right. a long way though. But I wanted to ask you, how many people work on this store published team? So just on my team, there's 15 people on the operations team. Um, there's 15 people on the QA team. But there's there's so many people behind the scenes that have their hands in this. There's a merchandising team that works under Grace. There's an ad operations team. There are marketing teams, uh, you know, both for, both for first and, and third party games. And um, you know, there's there's so many people that that go in just to that work on just one store published. So. It's a cast of thousands. It's yeah, a huge, yeah. huge uh, subsection of the company right. works on this every week. Um, and, and so can you finally confirm that there is no PlayStation Store publish button, like a big red button <laughs> like I think everyone thinks about? That's not how this works, right? <laughs> no, or, or is it? It's um, it's very complicated. There's <laughs> there's a 
billion little buttons that that go into publishing the store and uh the big red button is the one that launches the confetti after it's all done right <laughs> yeah, exactly now can you confirm you have a confetti machine that goes off we when do. that store publishes we every week we actually you know that's that's a good idea we do have <laughs> business scooters and things like that that we use in the office we need a business, business confetti scooters machine. i'm missing out on all this yeah, how do we get a business scooter <laughs> So, yeah, uh, it's uh, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to get you guys in here and talk about this because it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. I mean, you know, like we work, uh, Justin and I work on PlayStation Blog, and, and that's about as simple as you can get from a publishing perspective. I mean, it's basically built on a WordPress foundation. If you're a publishing nerd, like you'll, you'll know what that is, and it's, uh, it's, it's easy. I mean, we, if we have somebody wants to po- publish an article in 30 seconds, we can probably do it. But it's just not like that for PlayStation Store. It's a different situation. Yeah, it's definitely not like... Um, you know, updating your Facebook page or, or the blog or, or things like that. There's so many systems on the back end and, you know, systems that talk to systems and um, it, it, it's really complicated. So you know, I guess given all of this, this insight we've kind of picked up about PlayStation Store, what time, I mean, I just want to kind of hear it from your mouth. What time do you feel confident saying the PlayStation Store publishes in North America every Tuesday? Uh, we, well, we're starting to hit uh, two o'clock pretty consistently, mm-hmm. and I think um, I feel pretty comfortable with that. And and that's specific time, obviously. That's specific here. time. So yeah. it'd be five o'clock Eastern time if you're right. in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, and Nick sends me the email, basically the green light to publish the blog post, and I've been getting it right before two o'clock uh, pretty consistently. Yeah. yeah. So. I think, uh, you know, even Justin, who works on the store post on the PlayStation blog every week, which is sort of he works intimately with you guys to make sure all those, you know, sale items and, and, and games and add-ons and all that stuff gets represented and is fully up to date with where you guys are at. Um, we, we've pretty much, uh, last few weeks or a month or so, we've, we've been publishing at 2 o'clock. That's just what we plan yeah. on now internally. And um, what we've been, we've been talking together, Justin and I, and talking to you guys, and we've said, well... Looks like 2 o'clock is kind of the new it. That's kind of the time. And what we're going to do is moving forward, we're going to be sending out – you can follow us, of course, at, uh, on PlayStation on Twitter. We're going to be updating you if that 2 o'clock time, 2 o'clock Pacific, is not going to hit on some Tuesday. So let's say it slips out a little bit and it's 3 o'clock or 2.30. We're going to send a tweet out and we're going to advise you of that uh, just so that you people aren't waiting around. I always think that's the – causes the the biggest cause I think of frustration for people who are waiting for some game to come out that Tuesday obviously we're in in huge uh, uh, big big budget release mode right now as we get into the holidays but um, that's what we're going to start doing so it sounds like we can all plan for the most part on two o'clock Pacific time every Tuesday for North American PlayStation Store publish and follow us on Twitter if you uh, want up to the minute updates if it does slip out or if the time changes a bit we're going to keep you regularly updated. That's good to hear. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I think uh, a lot of gamers have, uh, I hope, have been noticing that because uh, it's one of those things, you know, if you've, if you've been a PlayStation fan for a while, sometimes uh, the, the, the spirits, the ghosts of the past can continue to right. haunt you. But if you yeah. really look at the last six months or a year, it's been pretty great. Yeah. So, we've oh, been trying to improve. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, yeah, no, you go ahead. I've got a, a follow-up question. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think we, you know, we're, we're committing to, to 2 p.m. And like I said, there's... There's many emergencies every week, you know, some some bigger than others, but uh, for the most part, you know, we we think we have everything under control, and hopefully, we don't run into anything that's going to delay the entire store publish. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, the the store publish this isn't 
something uh, going back to Sid's big red button analogy earlier. This isn't just one thing where you say and publish and it's done. This updates in there, there are lots of different parts of the store, right? And you update them all, you know, kind of independently. Yeah. And then there's a point where it's all finished and we push out the blog post and everything. Can you tell us a little bit more about the process and some of the different sections and how the how the update actually happens? Right. So the so like you're saying, the store updates in sections, um, and we also handle all, all in-game stores and, and things like that. So. You know, so, so in-game store, as in, like, if I want to go buy the new Borderlands 2 DLC, I go to the main menu of the game and push DLC, and that right. little uh, in-game menu pops up. Right. So yeah. you, you handle the publish on those, too. Yeah, so we, ha we handle those as well. Um, and, you know, publishing this stuff, uh, you know, in certain cases, it's a different team that handles, like, the ads. Um, we handle the content and the categories. And, um, you know, when, when that stuff appears can be different for, you know, even – you know me and you if we were sitting next to each other i could log in and see the store update and you could log in and not see it updated so um because of things like dns propagation and all that yeah, on, on the yeah. user side it just, it just takes a while for all that stuff to propagate out to the servers and you know it happens at, at different times and and uh so you know we we just want to make sure the store is live and ready and 100 percent good to go by the time we send the blog post out and, and all the consumers hit the storefront. And that's kind yeah. of the formal signal that we are good to go. You guys have checked and vetted everything. There's nothing outdated. And right. all the content go. is in place. All yeah. the banners right. on the front page are pointing to the right items. Right. Things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so many little pieces that, I mean, it's, I wish it was one red button that, you know, <laughs> my life would be so much easier, but We've got like a big it, blue button we're scared of uh, on our side. That's, yeah. that's our, we have a blue button, not a red button. But I've I, accidentally clicked that one a couple Oh, that's times. scary when that happens, <laughs> when you're not ready for it. I want to ask you, too, you know, we're, we're weeks away from PS4 hitting North America. What are you guys doing to get ready for that, and how do you kind of tie into all that? So I think, you know, just like the, the rest of the company, we kind of have our heads down, just so busy with, with PS4 at the moment and preparing the storefront and having the content ready, ready to go um, just to make sure that's a good experience when people log in. Um, for the first time we have some uh some ps4 pre-orders that yeah. went on the store last week we mm -hmm. have some more mm -hmm. call of duty ghosts and um and battlefield and yeah. things like that it's good so i think they all have pre-order bonuses those will be live by yeah. the time that you're listening to yeah. this yeah 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 so it, i mean it's it's a lot of work to manage one store mm -hmm. and um you know we have several stores across all the different consoles and we're adding a you know the ps4 on top of that so um you know, I wish I could say this published timing was directly due to PS4, but uh, you know, it's it's something that we've been working on for for a long time. You just you know? guys have just been refining and refining yeah. and optimizing and optimizing. Yeah, I think the timing just kind of worked out. But yeah, we, it's we, not a it's not a military precision kind of thing, but we've really narrowed that gap a lot. Right. And, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. great. I'm I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what, do you have any message for PlayStation fans out there who uh, use PlayStation Store? Um, well, I just want to let you know that we do read the blog and read all the comments every single week. So we read you loud and clear. And, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to, um, the position that we're in to get immediate feedback with the, the work that we're doing. So, uh, um, you know, that's great. I'm glad, you know, people keep sending in suggestions and, and comments and things like that. And, you know, a lot of times, um, they're very helpful to us. So we have our QA team read through the blog. Yeah. And we'll occasionally read something where somebody says, like, hey, I don't see this on the store. Or they flag we'll, something that maybe there's a small yeah. error with or something like that. Yeah that's, yeah, that's something we do a lot, too. We love to read the comments because, yeah. you know, gamers are really helpful with that kind of feedback. Yeah, so. very helpful. And we'll we'll check it out and we'll, we'll be like, yeah, they're, they're right. We need to we should probably fix that. So, uh, <laughs> very nice. So, yeah. Uh, 
Well, Nick, I appreciate you joining a PlayStation Blogcast yeah, to just you. share some insight into that. And uh, Grace Chen, uh, are you all fired up for PS4 here? I am. I can't wait. Yeah. What's your uh, day one uh, game you're getting? Um, it's going to be Knack. Knack? Knack's good. Developed by the legendary <laughs> Mark Cerny. Knack is looking Christian. real good. I actually really like what I played with that. Yeah, uh, I, think, uh, I think it was uh, Ryan just had a hands-on with that, right? Yep. Yep. That's up on PlayStation yeah, Blog. I came so away very impressed. That's right. Well, uh, guys, uh, thanks. I know you guys are super busy. It's a, uh, We're actually recording this on a Monday, so I think you're probably getting fired up for tomorrow's publish. So <laughs> yeah. when you hear this, it'll be a couple Gotta of days Got to go prep ago. that big red button. <laughs> That's right. Prep the <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks for joining us on PlayStation Blogcast. We'll, we'll have you, you back here maybe yeah. in uh, six months or a year, yeah. and we'll status check. That'd be great. All right. Okay. Take care. Back to, back to the show. And we have some listener letters uh, that are not focused on top five. Well, some, sort of. Um, <laughs> so it's a smattering. It's, smattering. it's a, a cross This one is from Gre- Brad Grutzmacher, possibly. Mm. Um, hey, guys, I was listening to your last podcast, and as Sid was going through, he also spelled your name with the Y, which is cool. Uh, and as Sid was going through his top 10 or 20 games of the generation, <laughs> he had a lot of honorable mentions. I was struck with how many games that are must-plays that I just don't care for. It got me wondering, are there any games you, that were really well-reviewed that you just couldn't get into, or vice versa? Are there any games uh, that reviewed very poorly that you just absolutely love? For me, Pixel Drunk Monster, GTA V, and Telltale's The Walking Dead are just three games that, despite high praise, I just can't get into. On the flip side, I think Sly Cooper and Modern Nation Racers were both amazing games that received mediocre scores. Hmm. Hmm. Uh I'll say Lollipop Chainsaw was one that was not critically acclaimed, but I had a blast with. I really liked that game. So you're taking the other tact. Yeah. Of unloved. Yeah. Are there games that are really well reviewed? I, I will. I guess I will confess that up to this point, Assassin's Creed has eluded me a bit. Um, it's one that I, I, I've admired it kind of from afar, and then I've tried to play it, and I felt kind of overwhelmed. Mm. So AC4, though, I, I from what I've played, I played the PS4 version. I haven't seen a PS3 version. That one really seems to open it up in a way that seems just... I don't know if it's the island setup where it's more kind of you know sectioned off and more digestible in some way. I don't know what it is, but uh, Assassin's Creed has been one for me, and I know there's legions of fans, so it's clearly just you know something that hasn't clicked for me, or maybe I haven't given it enough of a chance. Uh... I mean, you know, for me, like, like Call of Duty is a really, you know, well-made game that I played. I think Call of Duty, what, Call of Duty 2 and 3, I, I, you know, played a ton of, and I played some Modern Warfare. Um, you know, and I really just need sort of, I, the realistic settings don't really do it for me often, so I really need... You're, uh, like, you're, you're like a Flight of Fancy, is what I you like. I do like a Flight of Fancy, yeah. yeah. So I'm I, right there with you on the Call of Duty stuff. I, I enjoy them when I play them, but I never feel really compelled to pick them up. Right, I need some sort of a big, you know, narrative hook or innovation, um, which they're very well, well, maybe and might even be in the new one. So I usually give them a try, but um, you know, one for me is uh, probably Demon Souls, and I've made several attempts, mm. and this is a tough one. Well, it's I mean, also like a really impenetrable <sighs> game. Uh, this one, I mean, it's it's you know, if I was like 15 and you know, it was summer vacation, I would just you know sit Indian style in front of my TV for four weeks until I figured this game out. I just don't have that luxury not right now. Um, and so I've made several attempts over, like, you know, a weekend. I'd sit down and play for, like, four or five hours. And I, I was starting to get it. 
but it, I, then I would get killed, and I'd go, I have to do all of that again. Yeah, but it's like, think about it like Spelunky. I That's know, the exact same I, thing you're doing there. Spelunky's a 2D side-scrolling platformer that yeah. I can, like, you know. Well, this is the 3D front-scrolling action game. <laughs> so I get. Uh, I, 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 front-scrolling. That's, that's the new term. Front <laughs> scrolling. Uh, I, I, I admire it. I know people love it. It's clearly, I just hasn't, something hasn't worked for me with it, but I, I would love to see what everyone else sees with that. An, another one that uh, a lot of people have been telling me to play, and I think got pretty good reviews. Uh, you're going to hate me for this one, Sid. Uh, Spec Ops The Line. I just, uh, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I, I, I picked it up and I started playing and I was waiting for it to hook me, and it, it didn't. Did happen. you get to the big moment? I don't. I guess not. So it is. It is a game that I. Th- I think is. How to word this? <laughs> it's a little generic on purpose. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, it yeah. is. It has a lot of sort of like meta commentary yeah. on generic war games. Yeah. And I think if you were to finish it, you would definitely be rewarded. You would you, see you what have the buzz to, is about. You yeah. have to get like past that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was, eventually I'll go back and I'll uh, try again. It is a well-made game, uh, and I actually got some pleasure out of some of the shooting stuff. I yeah. think there was like a grenade launcher well, I remember using at one point. Like once it starts twisting the narrative and you realize what it's doing, you're like, oh, I... I and then you, know, you I, go, I gotta see where yeah. this goes. And then the sort of genericism becomes a more rewarding element. Yeah, anyway. yeah. It's a, it's a critique of the entire shooter genre. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, a really interesting game. You want to do this next one? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do Jonathan Penning here. Hey, guys, love the show. I finally worked through some of my PS Plus backlog, including Spec Ops The Line, Sleeping Dogs, and Vanquish. And uh, probably have time for one more before PS4 comes out. Uh, what would you recommend from the following? And then he has this list of just positively excellent games. Um, Hitman Absolution, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Did he try to rhyme those? <laughs> Kingdom of Amalur. That would be, uh, what's the full name? The, the Reckoning. Reckoning. The Reckoning. Saints Not The Reckoning, just Reckoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saints Row, the th- Kurt Schilling's game. Saints Row, the third, and Demon's Souls. Um, so I'm guessing my pick is Demon's Souls, your pick is Deus Ex, and Justin's pick is Saints Row. Yeah, that's about right. I was right. going to say Deus Ex, but Saints Row is a solid choice, too. Okay. Deus Ex is, you, so you did play that. Uh, I, I didn't. Know I didn't finish it, but I, I played. I played it for uh, a pretty solid. It's, it's, of time. A, it's a great game, and I think it's it's really unique. It is difficult. Um, you have to. It's a little stealthier, but I. I it, the first. You got to get through like the first hour or so, and then you really begin to see what's possible in that yeah, game. Yeah, I probably played it for like five or six hours. I keep meaning to go back and finish it's it. It's a really good game. I remember hearing seeing Nick tweet about how hard it was, and he couldn't keep going because he. Wait, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's not what I was tweeting. But we can. You're saying it was punishing. Uh. Do you want to talk about this? Get into it. Let's move on. We don't have time. Wait, wait, I have a hard out, Nick. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, we'll, have to, we'll have to hear your, your you thoughts. That we'll time. earmark <laughs> that for next week. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, exactly right. And then he, uh, Jonathan shares his top games of the generation. Top five. It's Last of Us, Ratchet and Clank, Crack and Time. Good taste. Ooh. 3D. Game Heroes. Uh, our, nice. our own Aram Jabari would probably be pleased to hear him choose that one. Uncharted 2 Among Thieves and Bioshock from Aram The original games. Bioshock. That is a fabulous well, game. Uh, not, not not infinite the first right one. Oh, okay uh this one's from patrick eldea uh that was interesting uh regarding we talked about last uh episode a single game that made us who we are in terms of gaming uh patrick says i think i know what type of game sid was referring to last episode as an indie developer slash game writer on uh, android devices and soon sony devices the game that made me realize i could even do such a thing was final fantasy 10 well i thought a lot of it well i thought it was a good game i had a lot of weird nitpicky problems with it the issue i had uh, lay with the main character i liked Titus well enough but i always thought that Oron was the more fascinating character. This problem I had with the 
game made me write al an alternate story for Orin, uh, as well as designing a theoretical battle system that would be more active like previous Final Fantasies, but still have that character swapping that was so necessary in the original Final Fantasy X. It was the first game design doc I ever wrote. Uh, I'll never actually program or finish that game, but I do have that document lying around so I can look at it just to get inspiration for current projects. Pretty ironic. Uh, PS still hunting for that platinum trophy on the copy of Okami that you guys gave me a while back. No, oh, thanks, Patrick. Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm uh, immersed in uh, Nick's shirt that he's wearing here. It's a horribly offensive Fantastic Fest uh, 2013. Shirt. Yeah, we did a sponsorship of Fantastic Fest uh, this year again. This uh, genre film festival in Austin. That's amazing, and we showed a lot of cool, weird games there too. But the shirt is full of the badges that they classify. Uh, like if you look in the pamphlet that runs through all the movies they have at the festival, each one has a handful of badges. Like whether it's like nudity or like a face blowing oh, okay. up. Like they're very specific, like that. <laughs> that explains so, the graphics I'm seeing on here. Yeah, you can see some of these on here, Dude. which are probably not appropriate for radio. But <laughs> but no one in the building has kicked me out yet. So um, a couple two two things I put in here. People had sort of a game of the or a gem of the generation, which I thought was kind of a nice idea. Oh, cool. So people want to send that into more of them, sort of your one overlooked game of. Uh, for this generation. Hmm. Um, this one is from John Brown. Says, with the recent uh, Game of the Generation discussions, I think it's also important to pay dues to those games that, while good, can't quite stand up to the heavy hitters like Last of Us or Splunky. I love, I love, in that, <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs> uh, my recommendation for one of those games would be Way of the Samurai 4. It's an action-adventure game. You play as a ronin who wanders into town and finds himself caught up in a struggle between uh, various warring factions and the government. The game allows you to carve your own path in this adventure, choosing which factions to ally with or betray, who to kill or spare, or even just get up and walk out of town. The structure of the game is one that is intended to be played several times over, learning as you go in order to achieve the best or worst endings. It also has a lighter side with distractions such as gambling, dueling, other players, uploaded characters, and night crawling, which is super creepy. I'm yeah. Um, in which a young woman invites you to enter her home at night, sneak past or subdue her family, and pull away the covers to reveal, hopefully, a lovely young maiden to keep you company for the night. Uh, it was only released digitally here in the States and recently received a decent price drop, so it's a perfect addition for anyone looking for a fun, unique game to play before jumping into the next gen with PS4. And one last thing, Nick is totally right. The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera is an amazing comedy that should be viewed by everyone. <laughs> Which is okay. true. Yeah, Way of the Samurai is a total gem. Uh, uh, my friend Al, better known as Domilone, who does the theme song for our show, um, he's super into the Way of the Samurai games. Uh, he spends like tens of hours just in the character customization because you can put all sorts of ridiculous accessories like bird heads and wings and shields <laughs> and just like build this insane looking character and then run around this game that is is much more serious than your character looks. And it's this. And it's awesome kind of the Wild West r samurai thing, right? It's kind of Western looking. Um, I think this I one seeing... isn't as much. Oh, so, okay, okay, um, got but it. it's got a, it's got a touch of that. Maybe I'm um, it is a one. it is a really interesting game. Yeah, the production values don't measure up um, maybe to some of those other big blockbuster games, but it's really interesting. And like he says, there's sort of a lot to do. And it's kind of a cult game, but yeah. unique. Yeah, I guess I'll take Carter Miller here. Hey, blogcasters, I'm guessing a number of your f I'm guessing a number of my favorite games are going to make your top ten lists: XCOM, Borderlands, The Last of Us, Skyrim, Journey. They're all phenomenal experiences and well worth the plaudits. Plaudits. Is that a thing? Yep. I learned something new okay. today. Uh, my favorite game of the generation might be a bit overlooked these days, though. Valkyria Chronicles. This one's for Jeff, also. Oh, yeah. The art style certainly holds up and looks as beautiful as anything I see coming out today. The pacing and difficulty are perfectly balanced, and the story stale, still stands out. In my memory, as powerful and evocative. Please talk to whoever you need to retroactively adding trophy support. Sorry, needed to say it. Winky face. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you, can go, you can go to Sega with that request. Valkyria Chronicles. If you haven't played it, do yourself a favor and go pick up a copy you will not be disappointed okay i hear this again and again i have it sitting at home 
I would like to play it someday. You would not like it, but it is a good game. I, I like me the uh, turn-based stuff. Oh, you do like XCOM. It's mm. not too far off. Um, let's do a couple voicemails. Yeah, I, I, I like the sound of that. Let's check it out. Hello, fellow PS bloggers. This is Hector Ramirez calling all the way from Connecticut. Want to give you my opinion on one of my favorite games of the generation. Without a doubt, it has to be Persona 4 Golden for the PlayStation Vita. Persona 4 Golden, in my opinion, is the pinnacle of modern JRPGs with a great story, fun gameplay, an awesome cast of characters, and a phenomenal soundtrack. It really is a worthwhile and memorable experience. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And I have a quick request for my main man, Brian Clement. If you could suggest any great J-Rock bands or J-Pop artists for me, that would be really cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. Sadly, Ryan is not here uh, to we'll give you some that good that request J-pop right recommendations. Along. Yeah, I'm sure he'll, whether you ask or not, I'll give you more next yeah. week. <laughs> um, Persona, you played a ton of Persona, Justin, right? Uh, yeah, that may or may not be on a list oh, that okay. I'm going <laughs> to <release. laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll speak more about that one soon. Uh, thanks for, thanks for, the, well, he just did it for you. So thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the voicemail. Uh, let's do another one. Hello, my name is Seth. I'm from Newark, Ohio. My PSN is Seth is the Goat. I'm calling with my uh, favorite games of the PS3 generation. Uh, top five in no particular order. Journey, NBA 2K11, the one with Michael Jordan on the cover. Uncharted 3, Red Dead Redemption, and Mass Effect 2. Uh, the Mass Effect series has been my favorite series of the uh, generation, and the second one was my favorite. And uh, honorable mention to Rock Band 2 as the favorite party game, uh, The Walking Dead, um, and also uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, as it uh, was really the game that got me into the PS3 generation. So um, that is uh, those are my uh, top games from PS3. Looking forward to PS4 and uh, playing... Um, Mac and Assassin's Creed on day one. Thanks. Bye. That's a pretty interesting list. I That's like having good stuff. Journey next to NBA. Yeah, I, I wonder Solid what it is. List. What what is it about NBA 2K11? You think that? What well, was that Michael Jordan one specifically? Where they were focused on like the legacy. Of ah, him and that I remember this culture. now. Yeah, <laughs> and they, and they've been um they've been pretty free in terms of uh, reinventing the control scheme. I know every year, so some people have like a favorite. Uh, I can't wait to see this new one. Did you I'm, watch the trailer? Oh God, on PS4. Oh, yeah. oh it looks man. great. I'm hearing yeah, reports that this thing is. Uh, it is not a port. It is not a mere port from the PS3 game, but it's like significantly harnesses the. Well, let, let me reiterate. Did you watch that trailer? Well, yeah, yeah. but I mean, um, I heard. You know, we've done a little coverage on it on the PlayStation channels, and I've heard a couple pe- people sort of go, "Ah, it's just a port," you know, things like <laughs> that. It, it does not seem to be the case. It seems like they've taken this very, very seriously. So. Uh, basketball is the one sport that I, I followed just growing up in Chicago sport in the ball. '90s, um, and you know, Michael Jordan and such. That's the reason I'm a basketball fan. Uh, so therefore, basketball is the one sports game that I do play in NBA. 2K series specifically, so I, I will play on PS4 for sure. They've had the court all to themselves for quite a while now. They have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Well, it, live's coming out as well this year, yeah. so that'll be interesting. Interesting uh, battle of yore. Um, okay, let's do another. Yeah. Hey guys, Brandon from Idaho. Wanted to uh, give my opinion on the uh, game of the generation. It's going to have to be a tie for me between Uncharted 2 and The Last of Us. Uncharted 2 delivered an action-adventure game with a great storyline. That just kept getting better as the game progressed. Um, great, great game, great story. The Last of Us, again, great story. Um, awesome graphics, 
but uh, an emotional game that really um, delivered that, that emotional experience I was looking for. Some runner-ups, I would say God of War 3. Um, God of War 3, still to this day, I would say is one of the best-looking games of the generation. The story was great. The boss fights were incredible. And the way the, uh, the light glistened off the skin light, or the snake-like skin of the Gorgons uh, was just incredible. My other runner-up would have to be Killzone 2. Um, as a first-person shooter, I've never felt so immersed. The um, story was great. The way you look through the scope, how the, or the sight, and the way the game um, delivered that gritty feel. Also, the weight of the character. I know a lot of people are up and down with that, but I love the weight of the character because that's what delivered that immersive experience for me. Other than that, I'm excited for the next chapter. I'm excited for the upcoming games. Greatness awaits. Another great list. Uh, man, Naughty Dog are so boring with their super quality games. <laughs> <with> <laughs> awesome storytelling. Yeah, I hope they listen to this episode. Monopolizing all lists everywhere all the time. <laughs> uh, and I agree that God of War 3 is still totally stunning. Uh, that's a game where when sort of non-gaming friends come over that's and God. they're like, hey, Nick, what's you know what's what's cool these days? What's you know What looks cool? And I'm like, let me show you a thing. God let me of War 3 has the craziest of of opening ever. God, what a... So who's got the best opening? Who's got the best opening? Uncharted 2... God of War 3, or there's another big one, too, I'm forgetting. God of War is the answer. Okay. Yeah. My favorite opening ever for a game is Indigo Prophecy, though, which I think I spoke about last week. Yeah, you were talking about yeah. that. I actually really like the opening of The Last of Us 2. I thought Half-Life 2 had a pretty oh, that's, younger Oh, that's true. Last of Us 2 is really... <laughs> yeah. Get, gets you right in the feels. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we got one more voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Ty. I'm calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, question is about <clears throat> old games. I remember my first, one of my first memories was an SNES game. It was called Sunset Riders. It was an extremely, extremely challenging game. Uh, shoot 'em up cowboys, side scroller, uh, kind of in the same vein as Contra. Um, really, really difficult game to, to play all the way through without dying multiple times. If you've never played it, you should definitely take, take that challenge on. Um, also, my first PlayStation memory was Space Jam. That was the first game I ever got for PlayStation. Uh, it, was a, it was a very, very cool game. Uh, you guys take care. Oh, love the podcast. Keep it up. As soon as Sid and I heard Sunset Riders, we were sold on that voicemail. I love Sunset Riders. That's my favorite old school arcade <laughs> whoa, whoa, game. Whoa. How do my, we all uh, like love that game? My, I don't know. My friend, uh, I, I got a friend named Will back in Vegas, and he and I actually got a chance to play a Sunset Riders machine on free play one time, oh. and we played the game straight through. It was the first time was I had that, ever finished who, the game. Was that like Jalico or uh, Konami. Konami? It was Konami. Yeah, and it, that it, was during their like like their heyday. Yeah, in the I think that's one that would be appreciated as an HD remake. What is the first boss? Uh. What does the first boss say when you kill him? Because oh, I know, I don't know. He says, he says, bury me with my money. Oh, that's right. <laughs> ah, bury, with my so, money. <laughs> bury me with my money. Nice. So that's uh, what that will, those will be my final words. <laughs> upcoming PlayStation. That's how much I love Sunset Riders. Stop interrupting me. Yeah. Upcoming PlayStation Four game, Secret Ponchos, reminds me of this game. I remember oh, when it? I first saw the trailer for it, I said, "Sid, Secret Ponchos looks like Sunset Riders." That's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like a uh, yeah. I mean, it's a top down. I sort of. I mean, it's not. It's not a one to one comparison. Arena but battler, it's but very it's, reminiscent. Yeah, it's really cool. That yeah. reminds me for some random reason, sorry for this short 
tangent. That's uh, fine. You got a hard out. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it's approaching. We, we don't need to get to my top ten. That's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I, 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 I was just curious what was going on with Nuclear Throne. This is the... Nuclear uh, Throne. Nuclear Throne. I say nuclear. <laughs> I it's pronounced formerly, nuclear. Formerly Wasteland Kings yep. from uh, yes. Vlambeer. I just... What's the sitch there? What's going on? How are those uh, guys it's, doing? It's coming to PS4 and Vita mm. uh, next year. Yeah. It's great. Mm. Have you... There, there's an... Uh, Playable uh, early access thing on a on a certain PC distribution platform. You could check out right now if you want to taste. Oh, PC gamer, the disc you get with the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 really cool. Coming really to PlayStation promising. Underground. Um, <laughs> Rami did a post in the PlayStation blog, I think, like a month ago, maybe, that talked about sort of how it's uh, sort of uh, taking their whole collection of games, like Super Crate Box and and you know the upcoming Lift Rousers, and sort of like putting everything they've learned from a few games into one game. And this game really represents Flambeer, and it really does feel like that. It's sort of the culmination of, of all these red ideas, and it's it's a really great game. Mm. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And also very, like, Splunky, too. Ooh. Uh, Splunky is a shooter. Oh, cool. Think about Ooh. it. Ooh. And the world the is sort of Borderlands-y. The possibilities yeah. are endless. Um, Justin, you've got your top ten games of the generation. Quickly spit them out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take my time with this. <laughs> you can leave if you need to. <laughs> I, may, I, I may need to leave. So uh, these are the, the Alien ten... starts in one hour and 22 minutes. We're in trouble. Well, Keep going. The, these are the 10 best games as decreed by me. Uh, and I went a step further than Sid, and I actually listed them in order. Oh, I, you're I, crazy. I numbered them. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, did you have a criteria? So wait, what was your criteria? Just your favorite. Just these are, uh, yeah, these are the uh, my favorite games of this gaming generation. Okay. Uh, no, like, remakes of PS2 games. I don't I don't think I put any of those on there. Well, uh, go nuts. So number 10, Far Cry 3. Okay. Love this game. I've never played a Far Cry game before, and I just dove in based on word of mouth on Far Cry 3, and man, they just nailed open world. This this game is killer. Uh, every once in a while, I still boot it up and just go like flying around the island, killing stuff. Great game. Uh, number nine, Skyrim. Mm. Uh, I'm really not... I'm not into that stuff too often. I know. And this is this is the second uh, uh, first person open world game on my list. Yeah. Uh, but I it, it's weird. I I kind of just started playing it randomly, thinking I wasn't gonna care for it, and you know, four hours later, I was still going. And I had you know veered off and found a pirate ship with a treasure in it, and that had a map that led me somewhere <laughs> else. And I, I played I played Skyrim for over 200 hours and never finished the main quest. And that's a game, by the way, that I, I would put on my like. Yeah, didn't really yeah, yeah, it didn't get, despite yeah. playing 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Sky- yeah, after 24 hours, you're like, eh, I don't know if this is grabbing Skyrim me. Skyrim is and, killer. And Far Cry, actually. Neither of those are really good into. But actually, I, Far Cry, I, I respect them. Blood Dragon grabbed me. Blood Dragon was on your list, which I found really interesting. I love that game. Far Cry 3, I, I love Skyrim. Uh, I still tell myself I'm going to go back and finish that game someday. Um, but yeah, 200 hours, and I didn't even finish the the main. Quest. All the characters have died of old age, <laughs> and, and you're walking around there's just corpses littering everything. Number eight, uh, Pixel Junk, Eden. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, so I was a big fan. Pixel Junk Monsters was the first game I ever saw on PS3. It drew me to it. And Native I, 1080p. And I fell in love with it. Great tower defense. But then, so I th- at this point I'm. Uh, ready for their next project, and Eden comes out, and it just blew me away. And you're like, "What is this?" Yeah, well, and that's, that's, that's great. part. That's part of why I loved yeah. it is because it's so weird and it's so out there, so different than anything else that even today has come out. Um, I still have a hard time explaining what nah. it is to to someone Don't who even doesn't try. know it. 
I, I finally actually went back uh, like three months ago or so. I finally went back and got the last few Spectra. So I got nice. all the Spectra That's and Pixel Junk Eden. Yeah. Uh, now I'm working on Encore. <laughs> it's sort of, if you you know the little grappling mechanic in Worms? It's like that, only way faster in a whole level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can, you can the, it's so frustrating. You can play a level for 45 minutes and then barely miss the last one and fall all the way to the bottom yep. and run out of time. It's also amazing, like audio visual, great soundtrack. The, the music's amazing. Yeah. I didn't but, know you could collect Kias in it, though. Uh, that was terrible. Number seven, Persona 4 Golden. Ah. This is the only JRPG on my list. Um, I think it is far and away the best JRPG that's come out this generation. Um, well, I guess this is kind of a remake of a PS2 game. But, ah, but, they, ah, ah, ah. but they made so many changes. They added ah. so much to it. They, uh, uh, they. I mean, this wasn't a lazy remake. This wasn't a port. Uh, this was a whole new experience, and uh, it really kind of reinvigorated my my love for JRPGs. Um, it's the only the only one that I got so utterly engrossed, and I played it for like 120 hours. Uh, I still plan to go back and get that platinum at some point. But uh, yeah, great, great job, Atlas. I can't wait your to... Theme, your theme so far is games you can play for a long time, by the way. <laughs> All four yeah. of those are like 100-hour games at least. Pixel Junk Eden is not a 100-hour game. Uh, if if you're be. doing almost everything, it's like played for yeah. years. Well, that's... Okay, so that's maybe 100 hours over the past few years. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just yeah, saying, uh, long that, play games. Well, okay, that's a game that I just go back to. You, sure. you played in short bursts, though. Okay, so uh, number, number six... six. Batman Arkham City. Oh. Uh, so Rocksteady knocked it out of the park with Arkham Asylum when that came out. People, I mean, nobody had really done uh, a universally loved superhero game. Up and until and, that and point. let me just point out, it's a little bit controversial you saying Batman Arkham City because I've heard, I've gotten in a, many a debate with folks who, who insist that Asylum is better. And, um, and they I, would be wrong. I think they're both great for different reasons. I prefer Asylum. But yeah, I, I do. From what I yeah, they're both very, very good. So Asylum was fantastic. It had a few, a few growing pains. They were still, they, they didn't nail. Uh, maybe, maybe the boss fights could have been a little bit better. And they mm. fixed them in City. They were a lot better. Became a strength. Um, it really, yeah. It, the boss fights did become a strength of Arkham City, and uh, I won't spoil anything because Sid still hasn't finished I know. it. Um, but it's hard some, to spoil some, that game. Some of the places they go with the story in Arkham City are very bald. Even the beginning is very impressive. You go, what? I'm playing as. Well, can, I, can I spoil the very beginning? Sure. Yeah. You're playing as like Bruce Wayne, and you're like, yeah. uh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just cool. I liked it. And Bruce Wayne's doing things. You're like, I'm not sure Bruce Wayne would really do this, and so, it starts getting you intrigued, and then you keep you can't stop playing. So. Rocksteady really kind of put their foot down and said, "Okay, this is us. This yeah. is we. We own this." And uh, time but, time will tell whether Arkham Origins uh, can live up which to came that. Out this week, so, right? so, so no, it comes out Friday. Uh, uh. The, the word on that's another one we should put on the list. It, Arkham uh, ba Batman Arkham Origins hits PS3 on Friday. Yep. Um, with PS3 exclusive bonus features. Yeah. But I'm hearing some very good stuff about this game. From uh, from me, actually. Was it you? I may or may not uh, have gotten to play some Batman Arkham Origins. Did you see the commercial? Oh, uh, it's good. No. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't. Really live cool. action. Well, I guess it's I'll CG, it but sort of live action. So, it's, it's uh, CG. <laughs> it's not live action. <laughs> It just shows sort of Bruce Wayne throughout, like concentrating on his face and the scenes around him change as he grows up and showing different things, mm. like him with his parents dying, oh, of course, cool. and getting like bullied in school, and then as Batman, that's really well done. So uh, I won't say too much about Origins because I haven't played enough of it to really form it to be. But by the way, but it does so not so it does if, not appear to be a cash in sellout. It oh, appears to be a very not. legitimate. Oh, like game. Troy Baker's Joker. Is oh fantastic. yeah, oh yeah. It, 
If no one yet has uh, watched the uh, our friends at Sony Europe created an awesome PS4. Yeah. Ad. What is that? How do you find that? What's it called? Uh, for the players. For the players. Pretty Num- awesome. Number four. Yeah. Like yeah. history of yeah, sort of history. Especially of, uh, if you're PlayStation. A, especially if you're a Brit, you know, because they it builds up the London skyline as you know in I thought realistically. That was an awesome, heart-tugging commercial. Yeah, very yeah. cool. If yeah. I was in, lived in London, it would be even more effective. But it was uh, number, it was, it was five. a European ad. So. Number five, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, another open world game. I'm realizing yeah. we've got a lot of big open world games on here. Um, actually, that's the last one on the list. So okay. uh, John Marston, I thought was a really cool character. Uh, it's the only Rockstar game I've been able to finish. I always get into the GTAs, but I kind of get sidetracked and I end yeah. up fizzling out. But Red Dead, uh, it had a very compelling storyline, I thought, and I felt driven to complete it. Some of the most beautiful moments in video games. Really pretty in, game. In, in Incredible that, ending, in, too. The the ending is unbelievable. The whole actually the whole sort of epilogue slash ending. Yeah, is, yeah, that part's well, great. Uh, when you first arrive to Mexico and that music starts playing, and, and, and it only plays once in the game. Yeah, and, and there are terrifying supernatural creatures prowling around, like the cougar lady and the the horse guy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you're talking about the glitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're they're funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I thought they were so awesome. Let's just leave them. Uh, Love that game. Uh, Can't wait to see if Rockstar decides to revisit that world. Did you play on Dead Nightmare? I did. I I actually hundred percented Red Dead Redemption and Undead Nightmare. Wow. One of my biggest gaming regrets this generation is I didn't get into that because I heard it was very. It's very very good. good. It is. Ah. It's very good. Did Ah. did you did you finish the main game? No. You should. I got to Mexico. Can we spoil the ending for you? No, not, it's not, already, not on the show. But it's already been spoiled. For, you spoiled oh, it for really? me like a year or two ago. Uh, uh, cause, maybe because you asked for it. Because I was like, yeah, I, I, I had it coming. Okay. I, I actually had it spoiled by someone on Twitter, but ah. it was still it was still very impactful, very strong. The Keep way it moving. It was uh, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> uh, number four, Journey. Uh, mm. This was my game of the year last year. Uh, just absolutely beautiful game he, by that coming that I, game company. I think I know where he's going with this list. I think I, I think I got him figured out on this one. Yeah, I think oh, so. We'll see. Really? Anyway, go on. I, I don't think you just do. Just ignore it. <laughs> uh, so Journey was unbelievable. That game company previously had come out with Flow and Flower. Uh, I feel like they really realized their full potential with Journey. We'll see what they do next. Uh, I mean, time will tell, but. Uh, Journey was really just an incredible, I, I think, a perfectly crafted experience. Uh, one that I played four or five times, and will probably go back to m- uh, another few times. I, I, remember, I, st- I still, when when somebody who doesn't play games comes over, I say, "Here, play this." Yep. I remember getting to a certain point in the game, fairly far into the game, and going like, "Oh, it was kind of like, you know, no spoilers, but it was just you start to realize what the game's really about." Yeah. You know, it was cool. Well, I'm still not sure what it's really about, like per se, but uh, I mean that it's so open to interpretation. It could be about, about so many different the things. The journey, it's about life and death. It's it about it life could be death. life and death. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's so abstract that you could interpret it many different ways. Uh, I one, think one I way. think that's the commonly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So number three, someone's yelling at us. Keep going. Since so Alien Partner is trying to get a move on. Okay, uh, number three, Rock Band 2. Uh, it was it was really hard for me to choose between two and three on this, but I went with two just because uh, it was such a uh, kind of a realization of Harmonix's potential. This is what they had been working toward for the, the company's entire existence. Uh, they came out with Frequency and Amplitude and worked on some other stuff. Did the first couple guitar heroes came out with rock? You band. have a vague implication that amplitude is inferior in some way, but I'll allow it. Zero, <laughs> zero list. That's a different discussion. Uh, 
Rock Band 2, I think, was harmonics just firing on all cylinders and just rocking it. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, I mean, when, when probably the most like social game this generation in terms it, of the console yeah, space. Yeah, it, it really is. I played this game for hundreds of hours, and uh, I, I mean, they, they just what was your instrument? Uh, drums. Okay, I'm very good at drums on Rock Band. Nice. I can I can beat every song up through Rock Band 3 and most of the DLC on Expert. Wow. Yep. Are you an actual drummer? Uh, no, but I can actually you sit. Sort of are now. I, I can sit down at a kit and play because of Rock Band. Nice. Uh, and, and I gotta get a, I gotta drum g- roll. <laughs> I gotta. G- well, no, that was number three. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I gotta give a shout out to Rock Band uh, Beatles as well, uh, just because that was such an ambitious product and they really uh, pulled it off. But I'm not counting that in my list. Uh, number two, The Last of Us. Mm, I knew where he was going with this. I, I had this all. all, right, all right. I, I, I've already told people I on previous episodes what my I so, called it. Sid, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, what can I say about The Last of Us that Sid hasn't said already and all these voicemails haven't said already? It's got one of the best openings, one of the, one of the best endings. Hell, one of the best middles. Uh, everything <laughs> about this game is just uh, just expertly crafted and executed. That's what the box quote uh, says, best middle. Uh, yeah. d- dizzying, <laughs> dizzying highs, plunging lows, smooth, creamy middles. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. This is how you tell a story in a game. Naughty Dog, they no nobody can touch them. I mean, they, they just d- destroyed it with The Last of Us and... Uh, yeah, ten, ten to six. So. I, I'm going to need to take off, guys. So okay. uh, and, and enjoy the rest of the show without me. Um, what you're you're not going to hang out? For I, I got to go. I got to. Go. I know what it is. Um, That's fine. You're not going to hang out. You for telegraph one? it. I got to go. I got to go. He's got to go. Go see your aliens. We'll finish it up. I have to see Ridley Scott's chilling masterpiece on the silver screen. That's fine. Leave. I'll put your computer back. I'll get the. Files. Well, hopefully, you guys can wrap up before I leave. Oh, I see. You're going to go break down. Your, okay. Yeah, Justin. We'll we'll finish R- that wrap up. her up. Yep. Drum roll. Sorry, guys. Okay, uh, number one. Yes. Portal Two. Oh. Thank you, Valve Software, for creating such a nice. such an amazing, quirky. <laughs> Sid got here. Sid. I did what? not see that one coming. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so uh, when when the first Portal came out, I was you know everyone was talking about it and uh, saying what what a cool experience it was. So I played it uh, pretty much blind going in and was blown away. I was instantly a fan, and when I was actually at the press conference when Gabe Newell came out on stage and announced Portal 2 at the Sony conference, I forget what year it was. Um, 19 or 12. <laughs> um, so I'm interested, though, like you put this on, but not the original Portal. Is that because you didn't want to put two from one franchise? I don't want to put two from one franchise. Okay. And actually, Portal 2 is so much better than Portal in but my there's, eyes. But, but you're saying there's 10 games, 10 I, games in between? or no? I, I think that the game, the other games on this list are better than Portal. Okay. Uh, Portal is an incredible game, but so, so is everything else. Portal on this 2 list. for me is all about the co-op. Like for me, that was really the defining. Like, the co- the co-op is really amazing. I think it's the best implementation of co-op in a game ever. Uh, but the the single player is just, it's just, oh God, I can't think of the word to to describe it. It's it's an, another to use a word that I've used already. It's it's perfectly crafted, perfectly executed. Um, they got amazing voice talent. Ellen, uh, um, what's her name? The generous <laughs> page. Uh, no, uh, the voice of Gladys. Yeah, I know, I know. It, I know. It's I been a while. Her so, name, yeah. um, she uh, she's fantastic as she was in the first game. Uh, super like kind of dark, homicidal, but funny and quirky yeah. at the same time. Stephen Merchant went in there as Wheatley and just killed it. Good. Um, I still need to watch Hello Ladies, by the way. Your, your HBO show. 
your your main character does not even have a voice, which right. is great. Uh, the the story goes to some really crazy places, and it's a game that I played. I actually hundred percented it on every platform it's available wow. on. That's impressive. Uh, so yeah, I can't get enough Portal Two Mac uh, and PC. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so nice, so, nice list. Very different. So uh, I got three so, on, three honorable honorable mentions. I'll just okay, list them real list quick. Them uh, Spelunky uh-huh. almost made it. Borderlands Two uh, because that's it's, a large it's game awesome. you can play for a long time. And Bioshock Infinite, which uh, I enjoyed more than the original Bioshock. So my top ten: Far Cry Three, number ten; Skyrim, Pixel Junk, Eden. Persona 4 Golden, Batman Arkham City, Red Dead Redemption, Journey, Rock Band 2, The Last of Us, and number one, Portal 2. Very nice list. Uh, Superior to Sid's, some would say, and he's not here to defend himself. Um, yeah, he's just standing in the corner vibrating. Uh, quick email from uh, iTunes-ish. Well, actually, the letter feedback from Christopher Hill. says, hey, guys, love the podcast. I look forward to it every week. It's a great way to catch up on the week's PlayStation Plus free games and discounts. I love the developer interviews and the banter between you all. Thanks for making my commute better each week. Here's a little carving to say happy Halloween. And had an awesome, uh, attached an awesome picture of a pumpkin with the PlayStation logo carved There will be a picture in the blog post. Exactly. We'll put it in there. Refer to PlayStation blog for further details. That's our show. Uh, thanks to Dorman Lynn for music. Corey Schmitz for a logo. Uh, leave us feedback, blogcast at playstation.sony.com voicemails at 650-288-6706 subscribe in iTunes uh, please our mystery theme winner from last week the game was Sorcery and the winner was Hassan Jeromi uh, if you know the show, the song that closes this week's show uh, from a Sony published game that came out in the US, let us know. Uh, we will see you next week with maybe my list. Yay! Yay!